You're listening to Miss City Podcast, hosted by Lena and Daniela of Mystic Home. We created this podcast to share our passion of empowering people. We want to encourage you to find and connect with your own abilities and inner strength. Our aim is to help you breach the gap of being human and connect with your spiritual self. And by sharing our own experiences and reflections, we open up the conversation for mystical ideas and how to integrate them in our human lives. Okay, so welcome everyone back to Mystic Podcast. We're so happy to be here with our second guest. And she's joining us all the way from Bailey's. So I'm super happy to welcome uh, Amanda to our podcast. I feel like this is a person I've known for a really long time. Maybe not as a human, but maybe on a more spiritual level. Um, I got to meet Amanda through my very, very good friend and mentor in this lifetime, uh, Mimi Rieger. So I'm happy to introduce her sister, Amanda. So great. And I don't know Amanda myself, so I'm really excited to talk to her and, and, and just listen to all her wisdom and all that she has to offer. But just a little bit about Amanda, you guys. Amanda is a modern-day alchemist who will up-level your life. She is the founder of Soul Pathology, a successful personal and a spiritual development practice designed for her clients who look to create freedom and abundance through their lives. She's also the co-founder of Wise Sky Advice, an astrology and numerology business that offers developmental tools, resources, and products. So without further ado, welcome Amanda. Hi ladies, thank you for having me. Uh, it's really warm over here, so I know that it is not warm where you are, but it is, I'm in tropical Belize, so uh, just just enjoying enjoying the heat and the, the climate in the winter season. But thank you all for having me. I, uh, it was a beautiful introduction. I am a psychic medium, and I have many other gifts, but I left my corporate job a handful of years ago uh, when my gifts were just coming in at a very rapid pace. And I recognized uh, the ability I had to make other people aware of their highest potential. And in a way that I was able to channel their highest self and communicate it specifically to them that was very unique and in a voice that they understood inherently. And when I would deliver those messages and whether they were from loved ones, you know, as my medium gifts would come through or channeling their higher selves, uh, it would impact profound change in their lives. And this was scary. You know, this was not, this was not something I planned on doing, you know, so to speak, but it was scary. But when I would deliver the messages, there was healing, there was evolution, there was revolution and change and inspiration. And so I, you know, I jumped off the cosmic diving board on this. I got my yoga teacher training certification. I started my my own business, Soul Pathology, and now I guess you could say I'm a, a mystical entrepreneur because I also have two other uh, metaphysical or mystical companies, Wise Skies Advice, uh, an astrology. Wise Skies is an astrology and numerology business, and we do a forecast and a podcast, and we have all sorts of really incredible incredible tools, especially for 2020. And then on the other side of that, we have a publishing arm. So we publish metaphysical authors, spiritual authors, people who are really looking to get their voice out into the world and make a difference to raise the vibration. So, so I'm pretty boring, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so 
much going on, but that's amazing. Wow. I mean, it's, it's super awesome that you're doing all of this and it's very inspiring to hear and to, yeah, mm-hmm. amazing. Also, just by the way, super jealous about the tropical weather right now. It just sounds amazing. It's already dark and it's, you know, it's like what, 4 p.m. Yeah, almost. Not even. It's as dark. But um, so can you tell us a little bit more about uh, soul pathology that you created? That's your, your brand. Absolutely. So I have a master of public health and I also have a bachelor's degree in religion. So I've always been a seeker and um, looking at healthcare patterns, healthcare trends, especially in public health and prevention was an area that I really succeeded in, in the corporate world. And as um, through my own personal drama and trauma and all of the things in my life, going, moving through trauma and pain and not moving through it, uh, as well as addiction, uh, I, I'm a recovering alcoholic and addict, and I went through a really dark phase in my life. Uh, and so when all of that was going on, I was wearing a different mask in the world. I would suit up and show up for work in a business suit, in an executive position, and by night, I was a train wreck. And to say a train wreck is an understatement. And so while all of that was going on, I was living this double life, so to speak. And by the end, it was, I was exhausted. And so when I got sober and I woke up, my gifts started flooding in, ones that I had repressed for years. And, uh, and, and those gifts were gifts of mediumship. They were gifts of psychic and clairvoyance. They were gifts of uh, just recognizing uh, things as a soul that I had known for lifetimes. And they were flooding in at a pretty rapid pace, but I was also integrating them. And I wasn't afraid of them because my body was clear. I was healthy for the first time. Uh, I was taking responsibility for my actions and the consequences of my actions. Uh, and so I was cleaning everything out. And um, as I was doing this, I continued to be in the corporate world. But when my gifts started flooding in more prominently and predominantly, it became painfully aware that if I stayed in the corporate setting where I was doing what I was doing and I was making great money, uh, I had gotten married, I was very happy, but my soul was saying, you're playing it small. And if you don't put yourself out there and really jump off the diving board and say, I'm a psychic, I'm a medium, this is what I do, and jump off and start living that truth, uh, it was disrespectful to my soul. And that's somewhat how the soul pathology emerged, because pathology is the root cause of disease, and uncovering and discovering what is below the surface, what is the root cause of the disease. And when we start to peel back the layers, mentally, emotionally, physically, we get down to this spiritual component of ourselves that is so multidimensional. Uh, and I have the gift of being able to do that, you know, with people. And I read for strangers all over the world. I read remotely. I have a pretty large clientele at this point uh, internationally. And I read for strangers every day, you know, and I'm able to step aside and I'm able to channel their highest selves and be able to reflect that back to them so they feel that they are confident in um, stepping out into their highest truth, whatever it is at this moment in time, and giving them also tools and resources to support that. And some of those tools and resources are very unique to whatever is coming through. You know, I mean, they could be crystals, they could be, you know, astrology and numerology related, but then the other work that I do through Wise Skies offers very various tools, whether it's very unique to what's coming through on a soul level for them, or it's 
understanding the cosmic rhythms, the astrology and the numerology of the month, of the full moons, the new moons, and learning to set and work with intentions uh, on a personal level, like on a microcosm, and also on a universal level. And that's how we up-level, and we can do it at a more exponential rate when we really understand how to work with our own energies alongside of the cosmic energies. And that's where numerology and astrology come into play as very uh, simply profound tools uh, to help you know, up-level your life. That sounds amazing. I actually, I was thinking about it today. I was like, I really never met anybody that does numerology. I mean, I've, I've met a lot of astrologists. I have never had anybody to read my chart, actually, but I've met people that do a lot of astrologies. And I mean, it's, it's a well-known term, I think. But for numerology, I would love to hear like your intake of what it is, how it differentiates, differentiates himself from astrology and how you came about to work with numerology. So with numbers, just like our astrology gives us a blueprint, you know, the, our natal astrology, we have a natal chart that, you know, the way that the stars and the planets were aligned when we, you know, when we came into this lifetime. And then also we have the numerology that, that we're working, I mean, the astrology, excuse me, that we're working in, in a daily basis. So of course we have a new moon in Gem, I mean, a full moon in Gemini coming up. Um, so we're working within that framework. Numerology is the same way it's another layer or another tool in your toolkit or added to your blueprint so you have some natal numerology so to speak and then we also have what's going on universally just like astrology so what is your birthday tell me the month you were born and the day you were born september 11 1991 oh, i could have so guessed you were a virgo <laughs> <laughs> not surprise me okay so and you said 1991 so I'm gonna do some simple math here my husband calls it bad math by the way because he just thinks you know he laughs at me but the simple math <laughs> is there's two main numbers to look at in your numerology blueprint that are the basics the 101 so anybody can do this it's the attitude number and your life path number your attitude number is what it says it is it's your attitude it's your personality it's what you put out there so if we're going to liken it to astrology, it's like your rising sign, the mask you wear in the world, how you dawn on people. That's your attitude. The way that we get that number is you add the month that you were born plus the day you were born and you reduce it to a single digit. So you're born on the auspicious 9-11. So 9 plus 1 plus 1 is 11, okay? So we're going to reduce that down. 1 plus 1 is 2. But 11 is also a master number. So you have both the energies in your attitude number of the 11 and the 2. But first and foremost, you are a 2. And if we're talking about numerology and the basics, the, the basic building blocks are the numbers one through nine. One is the beginning, nine is the completion. And so think about this really literally if we're going to talk about your attitude as a two. If the one is about the individual, then the two is about partnership. So a big aspect of you, I mean, and of course, here you are doing a podcast, the two of you partnering up to bring all this amazing mystical information to the world, but two is about relationship. It's about partnership. It's about balance and harmony. And so um, I am assuming too, and the information that's coming through on that is apart from you being very service oriented, you do well when you connect in partnership with others and how you relate to others. You also learn a tremendous amount about yourself through the other and you're open to the feedback. You're super, um, 
you're real sensitive and you're, you know, you really don't want to mess up. Like you offer so much to the world that you want to make sure that the information that you are offering is pertinent and valid. And, you know, when you find a partner that you like, you really trust them and you feel like you find a really beautiful interdependence. And that's your biggest lesson in your attitude is being able to have your voice and the voice of your partnership. And whether that's intimate relationship, friendship, business partnerships, you know, think about it in every sense of the word. It's also about finding that interdependent voice that reflects you and also reflects the partnership. And that's when you really soar. So, so that's how other people see you. They like to be in partnership or connection with you. The other number is your life path number. And the life path number is very much like your sun sign. Okay. I mean, it's part of your life lesson. It's what you came down here to, uh, to live in. And so if we add nine plus one plus one, that's 11, uh, plus one plus I'm adding 1991 to this, by the way. Plus, uh, let's see, plus 19, so 11, that's 21 plus 9 is 30, 30, oh gosh, okay, 31. Of course, you're a 4. So when I add the sum total of your birthday together, so when I add 9 plus 1 plus 1 plus 1 plus 9 plus 9 plus 1, I'm pretty sure it equals 4. If I'm doing math correctly, it equals 31. And so 3 plus 1 equals 4. 4 is so the Virgo of the numbers. So <laughs> like if I had to assign it, an astrological sign, Virgo, like the number four is all about balance. It's all about checklists. It's all about order. It's all about process. It's all about putting everything in its right place. It's about getting a clear game plan and busting it out. It's also, it's about <laughs> Lena, Lena can't stop laughing about me. This is so spot on. So thanks so much. That's what I'm saying. The, the most beautiful thing about numerology is it blows you out of the water how much it really helps you understand how you can soar and how you limit yourself, you know, how you create greater abundance and how you keep yourself small. But what I love about your combination of the two and the four, the two isn't always the best with boundaries and the four loves boundaries. So it gives you, that is a beautiful bridge. And if you think about this, but what's between the two and the four, the three. So whenever you feel in doubt or uncertain or unclear or off your game, whatever it is, your antidote is often the three. And the three is the creative child. The three is all about communication. It's about wonderment. It's about fun. It's about being playful. It's about letting go of expectations. And so when in doubt for you, your bridge, your lifeline is being playful and being creative versus being so serious and so focused on what has to get done and doing it right and well yesterday. Does this make sense? Totally. Yes. <laughs> it's a yeah, lot of fun. That's so spot on. It's, it's incredible. That's mm -hmm. really cool. Yeah. So that's, so that's the numerology and the way that, I mean, and that's an overview and on, on wise skies, just so everybody knows, and it's wise advice.com. We have numerology handouts and we have podcasts that help explain numerology. If you're a total novice to this stuff. So we do have tools that'll help you calculate your attitude number and your life path and teach you more about the universal energies. And we'll talk a little more about that when we talk about 2020, but also the way that I got into numerology, was uh, happenstance. Um, I can remember probably back around 2007, I was on a business trip 
and I was in Arizona in the United States and I was driving between uh, Tucson, Arizona and Phoenix and it's a really boring drive. Sorry for all the Arizonans out there, but it's really flat. It's really boring. And I was listening to a show on Sirius XM on the, you know, the radio. And there was a woman on there named Glennis McCants. And she's called the numbers lady. She's a numerologist. And she had all these people calling in and they were asking her about love and everything through the numbers. And every time she would have someone call in and they would say, my birthday is, and she'd start doing the math, I knew exactly what she was going to say. And when she'd say, oh, you're a seven, or oh, you, you have a four, and your husband has a six, and I knew what she was going to say about the vibrations of those numbers and what she was going to say about how they interacted together. And I mean, it was bizarre, you know, it was like this down. I was like, oh, I know this stuff. Oh, I get this stuff. Oh, whoa, this makes sense to me. Um, but it would be flash forward. It would be years later before I started uh, recognizing how much I knew about numerology and beginning to study it a little bit more and then offering it as a tool to clients and other people in my life working on incorporating it into my personal spiritual practice alongside of astrology. Uh, the same thing happened to me with astrology. Uh, I have, I just know it, you know, I've never studied it. I just, I, I know it and understand it. So it's like when I was ready, things started coming in, but I've just always identified in numerology because I feel like it's a stepchild that people don't know about, you know, and there's so much wisdom in it. And the numbers are everywhere. Number codes are everywhere. Everywhere. That's so yeah. crazy. It's interesting because like you said, I feel like a lot of people, I mean, astrology is such a big term and it's so well yeah. known that I think it kind of like shadows a little bit of the numerology that people don't really know much about it. But again, but we all, you know, especially, you know, nowadays where everybody's like, what does a two, two, two mean? What does a three, three mean? And like all these numbers are everywhere. I feel like we're bringing more awareness to numerology. So, but it's still like astrology is pretty, pretty strong. So thanks for that. We're super happy to hear all this. It sounds amazing. It's fun. It's very educational. And it also is so complimentary to the astrology. So if you're familiar with astrology, it just adds another layer of mystical and magical information to help you get clearer on really, really creating greater meaning and abundance in your life. That's amazing. I have, before we go over, because we are dying to hear what 2020, you know, the year of the 2020 and all that stuff, we're really dying to hear about that. But I want to, because you said before that, you know, your gifts started to come in really rapidly. And then that just kind of started through. And I think for our listeners, we always talk about our gifts and how we, you know, the challenges that we encounter when we at the beginning start to feel different things and to start to question about, are we intuitive? Are we having these gifts? And so it would be really interesting for our listeners to hear, you know, how it was for you to step into that and like to hear it, not think that you're crazy because, you know, we all feel crazy when, when the awakening is happening. So, you know, do you have anything to say about, <laughs> about that? Absolutely. So the biggest thing for me was, and it was scary at first. It was, it was also, it was exhilarating and terrifying, you know, at the same time, the information that was beginning to come through. And quite specifically, I, um, I was an executive in healthcare and I worked in hospice and post-acute care. So in a lot of um, in arenas where we had dying patients and I worked with the physicians and all of the clinical staff uh, to work with the patient and the family to create the best end of life plan of care and, and the business development people. And there were a couple of instances 
when it was starting to happen, especially my mediumship gifts. You know, I've had dead people come to me since I was a little girl, but I shut that out through a lot of pain and a lot of trauma and also being told that I, you know, shouldn't know the information I was saying or where did I overhear that? You know, it was uh, debunked, so to speak. So, so I shut that down. And then when it started coming in, I would be in the most inopportune places. I mean, it was so wildly inappropriate when the dead people were showing up. You know, it was like, can you really? You know, why are you showing up? This is so inappropriate. You know, I remember one time I was in a hospital room. I was in, uh, I was, I was traveling for work. I was with one of the staff members that I worked with. I was in a hospital room. We had a team of physicians. There was a woman there who was actively dying. She had been diagnosed with probably something like pancreatic cancer. So it was a very fast decline. Her son was in the room. You know, she had just received the diagnosis and all she wanted to do was get home and be comfortable. And, you know, she was actively dying and would, would likely die within the, the next couple of weeks. And she was angry. She wouldn't speak. She wouldn't speak to the staff. Uh, and so everybody was trying to get her home safely and get her transported and get her safe, but she wouldn't speak. She was so mad. And I remember walking into the room. I'm listening to the conversations. I'm participating in helping create the best solutions in this scenario for her and for her son. And her mother was standing at the foot of her bed. Her deceased mother was at the foot of her bed waiting to bring her to the other side. And I remember thinking she needs to know her mother is here because she was so angry and she was so afraid. And I kept thinking, oh my gosh, I've got to tell her. How am I going to tell her? I can't, this is inappropriate. I, I'm going to cross a professional and an ethical boundary. You know, people are going to think I'm crazy if I bring this up. How, you know, I'm, I'm concerned, but I'm also feeling this soul level duty to share this information with her because she was afraid to die. And she was mad. And so I just said to spirit, I said, look, if I'm supposed to talk to her about this, you orchestrate the time. And sure enough, not five minutes later, the doctor got a page. Everyone left the room. Everyone one by one started leaving the room, including the son. And I got a moment alone with her and I sat down by her bed and she had not spoken in two days. And I said to her, I said, who is the lady standing at the foot of your bed? you know, and she looks like this. And she looked over to me and she said, that's my mother. And I said, she is waiting to bring you to the other side. You are going to be okay. And she says, don't be so angry. She says, this is divine, you know, and I can't remember all the messages, but she said, spend this quality time with your son. We will get you home. You are not going anywhere today. You need to get home to your dog. She had a little Yorkie or something. Get home to your dog. Be home for your son. Enjoy these last few weeks and you are not going to die in pain or alone. I will be here to take you. And just after that, and she started crying. And just after that, the doctor walked in the room and she said, I'd like to be transported home. And he was like, what did you do? And I just stood there. I said, oh, we just had a little chat, you know, <laughs> it's like, but that story happened in the grocery store. It happened on airplanes. It was happening over and over. And I was getting the courage to tell people, strangers, total strangers. And every time I would, 
there would be some sort of shift or change or message that they needed to hear to forgive themselves or to forgive someone else. And, and so that's where it began. And I just started having the courage to start delivering those messages in a very loving way and also in a very brave way. Um, it was scary. And there's also ethics, you know, that go along with this. I mean, I don't just deliver messages without saying, hey, I'm a medium. Would you like some information? There's somebody coming through or I'm getting some messages from your higher self. I'm a medium. You know, would you like me to share that? You know, I've learned to be able to ask permission. Uh, I don't just share that information. So there's ethics that come along, too, with the spiritual journey that I think some people may, may or may not be aware of, you know, being able to know when to share information and when it may or may not be appropriate for yourself or for the other person. So boundaries are really important and have been in my evolution through this and continue to be. I yeah. hear you. I hear you. I think there is like a, a lot, like a big responsibility having these messages and delivering appropriately them because it's one thing we hear them in a sense, but it's knowing that sensibility of, of, delivering like i think that's our job like their job is to actually be that person to deliver to their vibration to their personality and to know that the message is delivered and it's understood by the person that is being that is receiving the message because i feel like sometimes the messages for example for me that come through they come through in my language and it's my responsibility to translate that to their language and it's you say ethics and responsibility and know what to say what not to say and how to say it and all that so mm -hmm. i appreciate you saying that yeah. yeah and you know another a big thing for me especially in the beginning and because um because i had really been working on myself mentally physically spiritually emotionally especially through my journey through sobriety you know i had created some checkpoints and i had a spiritual mentor and i had someone keeping me in check with what I was doing and the decisions I was making. But when I started working with clients, and this is probably the most valuable information I feel like I can impart, especially to seekers and healers and all of us out there that are, that are really waking up and sharing our gifts, you know, being bold enough to share our beautiful gifts, is that I learned to detach from the outcome. When I share a message with somebody and I am in alignment and Amanda is stepping out of the way, my ego is stepping aside and I am a conduit for love and light and the highest vibration, I am not responsible for what they do with that information. I can certainly give them tools and resources and support and feedback. I mean, I'm, I'm there to do that, to be, you know, I mean, I am supplemental, but they, you know, they are on their journey. They have to do the work. They have to integrate it. I'm just a support system. I'm not responsible, again, for the outcome or their healing or their enlightenment or what they do or don't do with it. And that sometimes we put a lot of pressure on ourselves because we, we want people to wake up and heal and grow and shift, you know, but we're not responsible for their journey. We just are, we get to be a part of it. Mm, I feel you. as as you say that it's very important because when we feel that responsible for the healing, we're actually what's happening is that we're taking their power away, their power of actually doing that for themselves. So it's like a little bit on check that it's for us and for them to remember. But don't give my power to me and for me not to try to take your power away. So I I, I understand that from you. It's it's really nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and many times people do come in because they want to have your opinion, but just stating that that's not what I'm here to do, like. It's for you. We talk a lot about that when, when we meet with our clients that, you know, we're trying to find what's there for you to work on, not for me to fix. 
absolutely. And being able to detach from that is such a blessing for me and for the client, for my friends, for whomever it is. You know, it also creates a healthy energetic boundary, not just a verbal boundary, you know, or a personal boundary, an energetic boundary that sends a message to the universe. I know my role. And it doesn't mean that we don't overstep or mess things up or have to redo stuff. I mean, story of my life, but, you know, but, but it's all, we're all works in progress for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So one of the questions we, we want to ask everyone coming into the podcast is how you balance being, you know, your human self and then also your spiritual self or how you combine them. I think you tapped into it a little bit now, but Maybe you can share some more about that, especially since you get all of these downloads just walking down the street. Right. How do you stay grounded and like human and all that stuff? So I am so funny when I talk to people and especially when I teach workshops or do retreats and seminars is I am really big on being a human. And I know that my gifts are actually personified and more evolved when I am a human. Meaning, you know, I do the laundry, I get good sleep, I, I put healthy food in my body, you know, I'm hydrated, I'm doing all the really practical human things, I'm enjoying quality time with family, friends, loved ones, I'm being as human as you can be, and integrating that, integrating the spiritual aspects into your day to day. So I'll see also making sure that you're incorporating meditation, or at least for me, I incorporate, you know, my yoga, my meditation, exercise. Exercise is huge for me to make sure that I am processing and detoxing energy. You know, I mean, obviously I do things like work with crystals and I sage and, and do all the fun you know, spiritual things that we start to incorporate. But a big part of the balance is really being present in our human selves, in our emotions, in our intellectual selves, so we can be conscious and consciously available for the information that is coming through all the time. You know, and when we ask for guidance, the, the, the universe shows up. The universe wants to respond to us. But if we are, you know, in the past in our thoughts or in the future in our thoughts and not present to the world around us, then we're not going to see, hear, feel, know, or experience the information that's coming through. So a lot of people, you know, just want to live up on the top of a mountain and meditate and think that's the way to, you know, spirituality. And it is for some people, you know, some people get to do that in this lifetime. But for a lot of us, we're we're human beings and we have to show up to work and we have to take care of children and, and family. <laughs> we have, we have life, you know, on our plates, but when we start to become more present and really listen to what's available through all the signs that are out there for us, then we know how to start incorporating that in a really healthy and practical way. At least that's how it's worked for me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Right. That's yeah. super valuable. I believe. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's get into the question we've been longing for. Drum roll right here. Yeah, 2020. Okay, so we can't talk about 2020 without talking about 2019. And the reason I say that is since we are finishing out this decade, you know, and I keep reading everywhere, it's the close of a decade, you know, I mean, but it really is. It's a really, it's we're closing out an energetic chapter and moving into a new one. But 2019 in numerology is a three universal year. And the way that I get that, it's two plus zero plus one plus nine. That equals 12. One plus two equals three. So we talked a little bit about the energy of the three earlier. And the 
Three is the creative child. So if the one is about individuality, the two is about partnership, the three is about what is created from the partnership. So the numbers build on one another. So in order to really up-level your 2020, which is a very empowered year, and it's very masculine, it's going to be imperative that you're tapping into and know how to access what you learned in the three. So the three, it's really important to understand the energies of the three. The three is the creative child. The three is all about communication. It's about charisma. It's about socialization and extroversion. It's about putting yourself out there. Uh, the three has a lot of moving parts. And the three isn't afraid to execute. You know, the three just puts stuff out there. And sometimes it's a scattergun approach with the three. But the three is moving, shaking, going, and doing. The three also doesn't know how to sit still very well. I mean, the three is like this three-year-old, you know, like just running about, creating, putting things out there. So this year has been a highly dynamic year in the astrology and in the numerology. So as we move into 2020, it's mostly about the four's energy, which also matches the uh, astrology. The four is very pragmatic. It's very masculine. If you draw a four on your piece of paper, it literally, it has angles, it has straight lines. It is not a wavy three. You know, it's very angular. It's very specific. It's almost grid-like. You know, when you draw a four, it looks like a grid. It looks like a quadrant. And that's what the four loves. It loves putting everything in its right place. It loves process. It loves analysis. It loves getting down to the bottom line. 2020 is also a master year. So we talked about your master numerology having an 11. And the 11 is um, the 11 is the energy of seeing beyond the veil. It's about interconnecting the human and the spiritual self. So in 2020, we have a 22 code evoked. And the 22, 22 is the master builder. And so when you interconnect the human self and the spiritual self, when you find that alignment and that wisdom and those aha moments and the energy of the 11, the next level is the 22. It's what kind of reality are you building? Are you bringing your dreams and your insights into reality? Are you building a reality to last? And in order to do that, it's all about laying a solid foundation. The four does not like inefficiency. It does not like clutter. It does not like anything that's junking up the space. So it is all about moving things out, letting go, clearing the space, and making sure that your foundation for the next 10 years is solid and ready to go. And interestingly enough, or not, you know, this is the way that it works. Basically, we have a stellium in Capricorn. And so Capricorn is very much about charging forward, getting things done. You know, you've got Saturn and Pluto in Capricorn as we start out the year. Um, there's a lot of Capricorn energy, which is very similar to the energy of the four. So it's highly masculine. And we are in this energy of waking up the divine feminine and rebalancing the energies. So it's going to be a really groundbreaking year and a very confusing year. I think for a lot of people uh, in a lot of ways. And so y'all can ask me some questions if you want about that, because when I say it's confusing to me, it's, it's that we're going to be so driven and determined to box check and get things done and set things right and clean things up and, and organize and achieve our goals that we may be forgetting to play and to have fun and to be human and to connect and all of those sweet, beautiful, light things but those of us who are awake 
and already, you know, have been integrating that beautiful feminine energy. If we can remember to balance those two out, then we are really going to set ourselves up for a groundbreaking and revolutionary next year and 10 years to come. So that makes sense. I am just, that sounds amazing, but it's really interesting as you say that we've been in this like awakening of the feminine and to, ha- and to have this upcoming year to be so masculine and to really step into, okay, you want it now to awaken your femininity and now let me bring you back to the masculinity and see if you can actually integrate them. Yeah. And, and like if, if you really had the understanding of that femininity, then how can you integrate to the masculinity and bring it together and thrive from the two of us? Because we're never meant to thrive in one or the other separately. We're meant to thrive within them together. I think that's very interesting. And like you said, I definitely see some confusion and resistance as that comes through because it's coming back to like back to the old, but with this femininity awareness that we have now as a collective. Yes. And so I think, and you just nailed it because it's the integration of the two. And so this year, I feel like all of us, and especially those of us who are teachers or healers or really bringing more light and intelligence onto the planet, I think we're going to struggle a lot because we're going to be so determined to get things done and do them right and not let anybody down. I mean, we're hard on ourselves, you know? I mean, we don't, we're so hard on ourselves. And so we've got to be so aware of, oh, wait a minute, I'm, I'm telling myself an outdated story or wait, I, you know, I'm okay today or gosh, I did get a lot of things accomplished today and I had fun making sure that we're living in, in our present reality. So that question that you asked earlier about, you know, being human, being human and also enjoying ourselves is important. And I know we live in a really intense world with a lot of tragic things happening and lots of pain around us. But, but I know for myself that, you know, the revolution and the evolution, it starts within and it starts with me being willing to ask my higher self for guidance. And when I receive that information, whether I like it or not, you know, having the courage to respond, to heed the call, you know, when it comes through. And, and that is so much easier said than done, but when it becomes a practice, it becomes more natural. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. But are we going to see any big shifts and changes throughout the year? Like starting January, the first couple of months, and then there will be a change or... You know, I really believe that there's going to be some pretty massive shakeups and, and some in 2020, uh, because I feel like some foundations are going to be busted open. I feel like there's going to be just some disruption. I feel like there's going to be some systems breakdowns really specifically around money Four, the four and the eight have to do with money. The eight mostly is the number of abundance and manifestation, but the four is about the analytical side of finance and money and putting, you know, CPAs are, are fours a lot of times. They have heavy fours in their energy or, or people who are in accounting, finance, that sort of thing. So it feels like there really could be some shakeup in our world stage of economics. Uh, that's a high, that's a high probability that we're going to have some breakdowns and some blowouts and we can see it all coming, you know, on the world stage, if we're paying attention and looking. So really that, that may be um, happening. And then I think there's going to be some more exposure and disclosure 
You know, there've been a lot of things revealed over the past couple of years that really correlate with some astrology. So I think there's going to be some more, um, more will be revealed about things that might be considered conspiracy theory. I think if we look at extra dimensionals and what's going on in the cosmos, not just on planet earth, I think we're going to have some enlightenment around that, but it's going to shake up religious paradigms too, because that's busting up. Um, So apart from the financial systems and infrastructure, I think religion, you know, we have religion and spirituality, but I think old religious paradigms are coming up for contractual review. And the number four is about contracts too. So yeah. Super. We're we're in for a wild ride. (laughs) Well, let's hold on. Yeah. Sounds like it. (laughs) And then it's going to be, it's just going to start like that for the next 10 years. So really buckled up. Super interesting. Yeah, I think I think there's going to be some just massive change in the next ten years, and I I think that it's it is a little scary or terrifying or uh, can feel overwhelming. But I, the biggest thing for me is just being present and finding joy in the present moment and gratitude and enjoying the people, places, and things around me, living my best life, doing what I can do to make a difference because. That stuff is more profound than we sometimes give it credit for. Our energy, us being healthy and aligned, you know, loving kindness, all of those things, the more that we focus on that, the more that it tends to grow. So we make a bigger difference uh, cosmically than, than sometimes we give ourselves credit for, I find. I couldn't agree more. And I think you're doing it right. You packed your things and moved to Belize and created this beautiful life for yourself over there. And that's been, and that for us was a conscious decision. We made the decision a handful of years ago that we were going to move to Central or South America. And it ended up being in Central America. And we really wanted to simplify. And I have a good friend and she was using the phrase the other day, simplified to amplify. And I love that because I feel like that's what we're doing is we're really cutting out what doesn't matter, what doesn't work. We're getting back to basics. And it is jarring. It is frustrating. It is so tough, but there's also greater depth, greater joy, greater happiness in the simple things in nature. You know, there's really this coming back to nature that I'm getting to experience that I haven't prioritized before. So I'll put that on my goal list, on my uh, dream list. I want to be closer to nature at some point. Yeah. Yeah. It was such a pleasure. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) So absolutely. Um, Yeah, I definitely miss Colombia and the nature and everything. So I'm I'm happy that I'm going back uh, next year for a little bit. But anyway, it's been such a pleasure talking to you, Amanda. And thank you for gifting us your time and your energy and your insights and your wisdom. I mean, it's just such a pleasure to talk to you, to listen to everything you have to say and to for I think for our listeners to be empowered by your journey. and, And please tell us where can they find you? So you can find me a few places. One is at Wise Skies Advice, and we've got astrology and numerology tools and resources and forecasting, and we've got an amazing digital calendar. So if you're just waking up to this, it's astrology and numerology. It works internationally. It converts time zones. So we have so many tools and resources to help you, whether you're a novice or you're an expert. So wiseskiesadvice.com. And then we also have uh, Spellbound Publishing. So if you're wanting to author uh, a metaphysical or spiritual book, there's Spellbound Publishing. And then on top of that, my personal business is soulpathology.com. And again, I work with clients remotely all over the world. So um, if you're ready to really dive deep and, and really connect with your higher self, then 
hang on, <laughs> hang on tight. <laughs> we'll give you a call. Definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so, so much. Uh, we'll definitely have this on the notes so that you guys can really see and follow Amanda and her, 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 um, her wonderful and magical things. And yeah, thanks so, so much again. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks, ladies. Thank you. Thank you so much for turning into Misted Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please let us know your thoughts. Leave us a review and share it with your friends who might benefit from this conversation. 